Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Okay, I was thinking about this on the ride in today. We're going to have Scott Petrak here in a couple of seconds. Breaking down the Browns. Big win last weekend over the 49ers. And our next guest picked a close game. I think it was like... You picked 17 to 14 or 21 to 17. Scott Petrak, why in the world did you think the Browns could keep that a close game last week? Oh, JT, I got my fingers on the pulse of this team, buddy. That a boy. I love it. baby. We all looked at this matchup. We're like, man, it's going to be a blowout. There's not enough points. We saw the point spread go from four, four and a half up to about 10. What made you think that the Browns would be for real? Yeah, you know what? I expected the defense to play well. I, I thought it was too talented to not bounce back from that Ravens game before the bye when it had its only real blip of the season. I thought Kevin Stefanski would have the team prepared coming out of the bye. I questioned that a little bit because of what happened a year ago in Miami, but I thought that the guys would be ready, and right. they figured out some stuff in the run game. So if you put all that together, and I thought the 49ers might have a letdown coming off that Sunday night game against the Cowboys and traveling cross country and playing early. Just kind of set up to me like I thought would be a close game. Now, I didn't pick the Browns to win. I had them losing 20 to 17, but I did think it was going to be close. Yeah, you did. I lost money on it, Scotty. I thought it was going to be a blowout. <laughs> I thought the Niners, uh, you know, no problem with Mr. Perfect. Uh, you know, Brock Purdy hadn't lost a game as a starter in the regular season. And they, you know what, Scotty, JT and I were talking about, they made him look like Mr. Irrelevant last week, didn't they? They did. And, you know, I mean, the guy was the leading. I haven't checked the odds this week, but I know heading into last week, mm-hmm. he was the MVP favorite. And he certainly did not look that way. He missed some throws, and I think, you know, part of that's just, you know, you miss throws in this league. But a lot of it is the pressure that the front four put on him and the coverage that the defensive backs played. You know, and even if it wasn't always great coverage, right, like guys get open to have a step, you run across the route or whatever. But if you're used to pressure in your face and you're used to tight coverage, I think it adds to kind of the mental pressure, the stress that the quarterback feels like he needs to be, pinpoint accurate and he just wasn't last scotty i was impressed um with stefanski i thought he outcoached kyle shanahan i thought shanahan some shanahan had some questionable uh decisions early and then i thought he didn't adjust when he lost key players but then again how much of an advantage was it for the browns that their guys that were hurt they had two weeks to prepare knowing certain guys were going to be out, right? Whereas that was an in-game uh, instant, uh, you know, bump in the road when Debo goes down and McCaffrey goes down and Trent Williams goes down. Yeah, that's an, interest, that's an interesting discussion, Kenny. We actually had it in the media room today a little bit. Um, I think you can argue, okay, you're, if you've prepared for it, then you're better, better prepared to handle it, right? I understand that you mentally yep. – you don't have any adjustment to make during the game. You knew P.J. Walker was going to start. You knew Michael Dunn was going to be the starter at left guard and not Joe Batonio. On the other hand, you only miss a guy for, you know, McCaffrey missed the last quarter and a half. 
right? Debo missed. I mean, he was almost the whole game, but it wasn't quite the whole game. So, you know, it's it's an interesting discussion. I think it did affect the Niners not having those two guys. How could it not, right? One of them's one of the best players in the league, and the other one's, you know, Debo's also a dynamic playmaker. So I think it affected them, but I think if you take a step back, you can go, LeBron's missing a bunch of guys, the Niners missed a bunch of guys, and then LeBron's just played better. Scotty, we're going to get into this weekend's matchup in Indy in a couple of seconds here and ask you more about Deshaun Watson, but I quickly want to ask you about the trade deadline, October 31st, one week from this coming Tuesday. Now, I'm wondering if the Browns are still a player in a week and a half and they're still playing really well, and we know that there's probably some spots they might want to either get a little bit more depth at or maybe go out and get another receiver. I don't know if they can do it because you don't have any draft capital. So you can't trade money, even with the restructured contracts at the beginning of the season. Should we just forget all about the trade deadline? No, but I don't, I don't think you should expect a blockbuster. You know, and who knows, right? Somebody could get hurt between now and then. and That could change the, the way Andrew Barry is approaching it. But I would think right now, with how well the defense is playing, getting Deshaun Watson back, um, how the Browns, how the run game looked last week, how the offensive line looked last week against a really good 49ers defense. I don't think they view a huge void on this roster. Um, Sure, they could tweak it, and maybe you see, you know, maybe you see them give up a late-round pick for a guy, right, which has become pretty common in this league. Mm -hmm. You know, you get a guy that a team doesn't want, and, you just give up a late-round pick. You know, they have the cap space. They've cleared enough to maneuver if they want to do that. Um, you know, I think about last year, they you know, they tried to trade Kareem Hunt. It didn't happen. Um, they tried. They thought about trading for Elijah Moore, and that didn't happen. So, you know, everything has to be right to pull off a trade. And unless you feel a huge need, like compelled to fill a need, and I don't think they do at this point, okay. then I think that kind of marquee trade becomes less likely. Scotty, I want to talk to you about Deshaun Watson as all week long we've been watching video, we've been hearing this, we've been hearing that. Two days in a row we actually practiced, major milestone. <laughs> I saw your stuff today uh, on Twitter. I mean, it's crazy that, hey, we're excited about the starting quarterback actually practicing two days in a row, but that's how crazy it's been for the last month. What did you see today from what you saw yesterday, and do you feel – there is a better than 50-50 chance that he will start Sunday at Indy. Oh, yeah. I, I fully expect him to start. Something would have wow. to go wrong. Something would, I think something would have to go wrong between now and Sunday. right? Kevin, they list him as questionable. Um, Kevin Stefanski said they need to see how the shoulder responds, but they're not going to take it up to game time. They're not going to test it Sunday morning. If he feels fine tomorrow, and, you know, they do a Saturday walkthrough, <laughs> and I'm sure he'll throw it around a bit on Saturday. Um, if he passes that test and his shoulder doesn't feel worse for the wear coming out of these two practices, uh, he's going to start. I watched him, like you said, I watched him yesterday and today when we were allowed to be out there. Yesterday he threw it better than he had two weeks earlier when we watched him and you know before that Ravens game when he threw like 11 passes and couldn't go. Threw it better, didn't look um, perfect. I didn't see him let it rip at all. And then today – it looked like he was throwing it pretty normal to me. There was velocity, tight spirals. I didn't see him, you know, I didn't see like either day. I didn't see any cringing from him when he let a ball go. I thought he was more accurate today than he was yesterday. He took all 
where he was first up in reps both days, which is a signal that he's that they think he's going to be the starter. And then he took like the first, I don't know, 20 red zone reps, like before Walker or DTR made a throw. So you only do that if you're preparing him to be the starter. Let me ask you this question then, as it pertains to numbers. Prior to Deshaun Watson's injury, did we have a second quarterback on the roster, the active roster, P.J. Walker's on the practice squad? And, and I mean, it's DTR. DTR was the second, then they brought P.J. Walker in. So now you've got three quarterbacks, or does somebody get moved down to the practice squad? Well, here's a Walker's still on the practice squad. They elevated him, and now there's a rule in the last, I guess, the COVID rule, actually, where you can elevate somebody from the practice squad the Saturday before a game, and you can do that three times. But once you do it the third time, Either at the sign rate of the 53-man roster or he's subject to waivers. Well, they're not going to make P.J. Walker subject to waivers. So I expect him tomorrow. I would think it would be tomorrow. Maybe from a paperwork standpoint, you could do it early next week. Uh, but I expect him to be signed to the active roster. And they actually have an open spot because they put guard Michael Dunn on IR early in the week with the calf injury. So I think he'll be on there. Then the question is, do you – cut DTR and hope he gets through waivers to get to the practice squad? And I think the answer is a resounding no. They think he's their future backup. So I think they're going to play the rest of the year with three um, wow. three quarterbacks on a 53-man roster. All right, so you're feeling good about Deshaun Watson starting Sunday if there are no setbacks. What about some of the other walking wounded that didn't play last week or got hurt last week that I saw on the injury report, Scotty? Yeah, the only guy that looks like he won't play – is what well, he's been ruled out is linebacker Sione Takitaki. Um, hurt a hamstring late in practice Thursday, wasn't even on the injury report, showed up today. He was ruled out. Um, the guys that are questionable Kareem Hunt, Greg Newsom, the second, and Harrison Bryant, uh, I expect them all to play. Um, they were all practiced, I think they were limited both Thursday and Friday, but I expect them to play. They just wanted to see how the next couple of days went. Um, and then Anthony Walker Jr., who had a concussion on the opening kickoff of the second half last week is cleared protocol in will play. So they're pretty healthy. And then Joe Batonio, who didn't play last week, is going to play less than three weeks after having that knee scoped. Cleaned up a little meniscus tear, or not uh, a tear, but you know how they clean up the cartilage inside the knee. Um, and thought he was, you know, was hoping he could play last week, gave it all he could, but less than two weeks after surgery, the decision was made to not play and kind of get him ready for the rest of the year. Um, but he's good to go. Scotty, what did you think about yeah. Kevin Stefanski's yeah. game plan last week? Offensively, I loved it. Screen passes, play action. You look for more of that this Sunday? Yeah, I don't know if I thought it was that much different than what we normally see from Kevin Stefanski. Um, I thought they did a good job. I did think they did a good job committing to the run. And it helps when you're running it pretty well. And they, they ran it way better. They ran it for 160 against a Niners defense that came in ranked second in the league against the run. So when you have that threat and that ability, I think it makes it much easier on the quarterback, makes it easier on the play caller. Uh, I didn't think they put, you know, P.J. Walker in a lot of bad situations. I think he put himself in a couple of bad spots. Uh, you know, they tried to go one-on-one to Amari Cooper, and we talked, I think we talked last week about finding a way to create some explosive plays and how they did it was throwing it up to Cooper. And Cooper went up and made a couple catches. And he, one time he made the guy fall down, so it was an easy, um, an easy completion for Walker.
but yeah, I, I thought Stefanski did a good job. I thought he had his guys prepared to play in a tough spot against a tough team. And I don't think he's getting enough credit for that. I still, pe- I still see people criticizing him. Scott Petrak, our guest. Follow him on Twitter at Scott Petrak, brownzone.com. You can read his stuff and his team stuff daily. Everything and anything you want to know on the Browns, it's right there for you. Scotty, the running back situation. Last week it was Kareem Hunt who got the start, and Kevin said he wanted to you know, get him going early. Do you expect him to be the starting running back on this team when he's healthy? Um, I think it's going to be a week-to-week basis. Um, you know, they like the potential of Jerome Ford, they, you know, he's a young kid. I think they believe he's a big part of their future. There's something about Kareem Hunt. He brings an energy to the offense, brings an energy to the team with the way he runs, fights. And they talk about him, you know, the dirty runs that he has, where it looks like there's no yardage there. Next thing you know, he picked up four or five, and it just puts the play caller in such a better situation. So, you know, like I said, he was limited a little bit this week, so maybe you see more of Jerome Ford. This week, even to start, you know, Ford kind of finished the game out the other day and was really big on that last field goal drive. Uh, But I think throughout the year, you'll see the platoon, as Andrew Berry called it, and it just depends who's hot, what the, you know, how the other defense plays. I think you'll just see a combination of those two guys. Success will dictate what you plan on doing. And you, you made a great comment when I thought the game plan had been changed. When there's success, it looks better. And the thing that I haven't seen enough of is maybe more from our wide receiver core. Marquise Goodwin, Elijah Moore, DPJ. With no Dick, Nick Chubb, we know we're not going to always run the ball effectively, but when should we see or expect to see Elijah Moore? We had talked about it all preseason, Scotty. And Marquise yeah. Goodwin, we know he was set back with the uh, blood clots and whatnot. But when should we expect more from a number two wide out? Yeah, you know, I, I think that's a fair question, fair point. I, I don't think – I know that they haven't gotten the production out of Moore or Goodwin that they'd hoped. You could throw DPJ in there. He doesn't have mm-hmm. many catches at all. But either is David Njoku. And I, I guess my biggest point is a lot of that's on the quarterback. You know, Watson did not play well the first couple of weeks. Then, you know, he missed two games. He got backups playing. I, I just don't think the passing game – as a whole, is where anyone expected it to be. And I do think, assuming Watson comes back and assuming he stays healthy, there's a lot of reason to think that will improve. And when it does, that means more catches. It means more opportunities for all those guys. But that doesn't mean, you know, more can't do more. He, Of course he can. And Goodwin mm-hmm. can do more. And actually, Goodwin, you know, had a big run last week for I think it was 20 yards on an end around. That was a positive play. I thought Elijah Moore made a couple of key third-down catches, including I think one maybe on the first drive that extended it. I thought he had an impact um, against the Niners. Not a huge one, but mm-hmm. I thought it was there. I thought he made a couple of plays that were important. So I think you're seeing it trending in the right direction, and it should only continue to get better with your you know, $230 million quarterback. See, that's a great point, too, because I want to circle back to the trade deadline. October 31st, and everybody's pointing at Devontae Adams once out of Vegas. Now, you probably don't have the capital. You're not going to pull a trade and maybe go get a number one wideout from a team like the Raiders when you don't have a number one draft pick to maybe throw into that deal. But I I was wondering whether or not it was a question mark between is it either a quarterback issue or is it the receivers not getting open? 
Yeah, I, I, I would put it more on the quarterback right now, okay. just given the uncertainty that they've gone through at that position. Now, a guy like DPJ, right, he struggles to get open. Right, He doesn't create a lot of separation. And when he makes a lot of his catches, they're contested catches. And, and you know, I think you have to kind of say, okay, not force the ball to him, but, you know, if you got a Mark Cooper running open somewhere else, why are you going to go tight window to DPJ, right? Okay. Especially if he's your third option now that you have Elijah Moore. I think Moore gets open. I think he's quick enough. I think they're still trying to figure out the the right route to use him on, you know, because he's not the biggest guy. So how can they get the most out of him? Um, But I would say it's mostly just, you know, the issues that they've had a quarterback through five games. Now, I'm not saying that they couldn't – there's not an upgrade to be had there. You know, I just think it's tough to do that halfway through the season. Now, you know, Devontae Adams is a – the whole different, you know, the whole different topic. If you could go get him for a second round pick and figure out how to pay him, yeah, I, that's something that I think Andrew Beard would consider. It just seems um, unlikely to me. And then you know, you keep hearing Jerry Judy. You know, he's got some issues in Denver. With mm-hmm. you know, do you bring in a guy in when you like the chemistry? Um, I, I don't know. I think you got to find the right guy if you're going to make a move. Scotty, as I look at this football team, right defensively we know who they are offensively we're still finding out special teams wise they're pretty good aren't they with uh, the yeah. move they made to get dustin hopkins in here as their place care where would they be without dustin oh. hopkins through the first five games yeah i mean they probably lose last week right i mean guy comes back misses one early and then makes the yep. next four to win the game um you know i think it's probably safe to say they'd be two and three you know um, but okay. I think it goes beyond just that because, you know, the games they've won have been pretty comfortable margins, the other two, except he calmed everything down, right? I think in that Cincinnati game, he made a kick early. And you kind of you feel it calm the stadium down. We talked about that, right? There's a huge cheer from the crowd, and he's just <laughs> built on that, and he's really settled that situation. And it goes beyond him. I think Corey Bajorquez, the punter's having a really good year. He had a big kick at the end of the first half last week that got over the returner's head and removed any chance of the Niners scoring before halftime, which is big. Uh, they're doing a good job in coverage units. You know, they're not getting called for, and even return units getting called for penalties, right? We've seen those, that number drop a bunch from the last few years. Uh, and then, you know, they made a change of returner last week. And we talked about mm-hmm. the whole practice squad thing. Jalen Darden is still on the practice squad, but he got elevated last week. So they got to be careful how many times they want to do that. And if they bring him up, who, who they cut, those kinds of things. But, he added a spark that was missing, uh, returning kickoffs and punts. So I, I really feel like they are trending in the right direction under new coordinator Bubba Ventrell. And I was going to ask you, how much of that positive effect is the new coach? Yeah, I think it's huge. Now, I don't credit him, you know, necessarily for Dustin Hopkins making his kicks, right? I mean, it's right. just like I, don't, I wouldn't fault him if Dustin Hopkins misses his kicks. That, that feels like a separate entity to me. Um, but – you have Hopkins, who's had a huge impact, and then I also think Bubba Ventrone, not probably not to the degree that Jim Schwartz has had, right? Because Jim Schwartz's change, you know, impact on this defense has been monumental. But I think Bubba Ventrone has had a really positive effect on that special teams unit. Do you notice not one question concerning this defense? They're yeah. lights out. They are good. They're very good, man. And Schwartz, I loved Schwartz's comment to you guys, though, Scotty, about, you know, getting all this pub and everything, and they're the best in the world. And he said, hey, you don't get trophies after five weeks. He has a pretty good uh, grasp of uh, those players, doesn't he, to to keep them grounded? 
He does. And, you know, I, I think he knows, well, I know he knows exactly what he's saying to us. He's trying to get a message across. I'm sure he uses part of that to get a message to his players. Um, you know, part of that quote was, well, when five, five game stats start counting as part of the tiebreaker to get in the playoffs, then we'll start paying attention to those. Uh, you know, I, I just thought that was great. And he's got, you know, one or two or three of those a week. Scotty, they've got the Colts on the road this week. Is it Gardner Minshew for sure at quarterback? And what about Jonathan Taylor's role? What do we know at this point? Yeah, it's Minshew for sure. You know, Richardson is going to have surgery. Um, so it's Minshew, you know, the rest of the way is what they're planning in Indy. Um, and then, yeah, they, the Browns expect to see Jonathan Taylor have a bigger role. Now, Zach Moss, who filled in, who started and has started in place of Taylor, I think he's still starting in his place, is leading the AFC in Russia. And he's good. And I didn't know much about this guy. They traded for him when they made the Heinz trade to Buffalo, I think it was last year. They got Moss, and he had a big game against the Ravens, who have a good run defense. He had a big game against the Titans, who have a really good run defense. They didn't let a 100-yard rusher in like two years, and he ran for 100 yards. So it's a really good two-headed monster. If we talk about like where, how the Colts win this game, it's by figuring out a way to run the ball against the Browns because that's what they need to do. They need to take some pressure off of Gardner, Gardner Minshew, control the ball on the ground, and the Moss-Taylor combination makes that possible, and so does their offensive line. And the Browns expect to see more of Taylor. This will be his third game back since he came off the pup list, since he had the whole contract issue. And they you know, see him rounding into form, kind of like Kareem Hunt, right? The Browns see the same way. Um, he wasn't coming off an injury. He just didn't, you know, wasn't anywhere in training camp for the preseason. So the Browns expect to get more, you know, to see more of Jonathan Taylor and a better Jonathan Taylor. So that's really a key and it's going to be a challenge because that's a good run game. All right, so how do you see this when uh, you were in the ballpark last week? Uh, uh, you, uh, uh, unlike me and many others, didn't even uh, we didn't think the Browns had a chance. You thought they did, so you were in the ballpark. How do you see it this week? Yeah, I didn't mean to laugh at you losing money, Kenny. I don't like anybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's okay. Everybody, yeah, hey, I brought it on myself, Scotty. I'm learning about this gambling thing, so laugh away <laughs> if you feel like it. It's okay. All right. Um, you know, I see the Browns winning. I thought they would win even if they had to start, and even if they do, had to start P.J. Walker. Obviously, it would be more difficult because Watson should be better than P.J. Walker. Uh, I just think it's a game that the Browns should win. With Watson playing, they're better quarterback. I think they're just better pretty much across the board. I know it's a road game. It's just not an easy place to win, although I would think you'd have a decent amount of Browns fans there. Um, I got Browns 23-13. Yeah, and Vegas is uh, agreeing with you as well. The point spread has gone from two and a half to three and a half with the Watson news today, uh, Scotty. So if you got it at two and a half yesterday, you were good, you know? Yeah, I was wondering. I figured it would take up, um, I don't know how much. Scotty, I I do want to ask you one last question about the defensive line. As it pertains to specific positions, we've seen Miles Garrett line up over center, but we know that he's a defensive end or an edge rusher. Do any of the other interior defensive linemen play on the outside? You know, they usually don't. And, I mean, every once in a while they'll go five linemen if they think it's going to be a run play, you know, mm-hmm. and they want to go really big. And then you'll see a D-tackle maybe lined up at end if they go like four D-tackles in miles. Okay. Four D-tackles in Zedary Smith. But that's, that's rare. What you see is when they go to their nickel pass rush, it's three ends. Miles, Zedaria Smith, 
in Obo Okoronkwo, and then one tackle, either Dalvin Tomlinson, Maurice Hurst, the second, or Shelby Harris. And those guys are always inside, and it's just one of the ends lines up inside. Scotty, great stuff as always. Uh, enjoy the game on Sunday. We'll talk to you again next Friday, all right? Sounds good. Thanks, fellas. Browns beat reporter Scott Petrak joining us. Check him out at brownzone.com, Medina Gazette, Chronicle Telegram, and you can follow him on a daily basis uh, on Twitter at Scott Petrak.